0: Well, they're not all going to be two in weeks here on the Owls America's Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm sure you know that by now. I'm sure you also know that I'm your host, Jeffrey Pedernostro. I am still in suburban Utah, and it's it's a hot one. Like, every day it's 95 degrees. It is a dry heat, but you're also, uh, I don't know, 4,500 feet closer to the sun than I was previously. So I'm often very parched, so just a little different tonight. I'm drinking, I mean, what is essentially, you can't call it a dark and stormy because I didn't make it with Gosling's black seal rum, and I didn't even make it with regular ginger beer. So this is a highball of hibiscus flavored ginger beer, uh, Appleton Estate Jamaican rum, and a little bit of lime juice. So it's in the mule family. It's quite refreshing. Um, I'm already through half of it, and this is my second one. So it's going to be one of those shows joining me for an intimate evening we're already down to two hosts wednesday lose one game and all the fairweather fans and happy clappers run away but it is my former uh new england neighbor now a mere i think it's like 2500 miles away on i-84 to i-80 to i-84 it's justin disorger justin what are you drinking
1: hey jeff good to Good to be back here. That that intimate setting we uh, dealt with so so horribly a couple of years ago. Um, I'm drinking uh, Aquatic Brewery. The uh, Falmouth Brewery has recently uh, started making four packs of some of their beers to bring home. They just had crowlers and growlers, and then you know in house. Um, so a good friend of mine was out to visit uh, with his kids uh, earlier this week, and he picked up a four pack of their Defendable Draft uh, American Pale Ale pretty good um and i'm actually as we laughed you're sitting on the floor of a uh furnitureless apartment and i have been relegated to my basement uh given that uh i'm hosting my in-laws and uh my eldest sister-in-law as well so
0: well we'll see how defendable the wednesday performances were against charlton and peterborough we'll cover the wednesday news spoiler alert there's no wednesday news and we will preview upcoming fixtures against Bolton and Rochdale in the Carabao Cup. We a lot of two fixture weeks. Justin's going to be busy. But we will start with a one nil win against Charlton And my one word is... It's two words. Again, we're going to play fast and loose. <laughs> that that happened. Because it was one of those games. Um, Wednesday, we were probably a little lucky to get away with all three points. The first half they really did not deal well with the Charlton press. The particular formation did not seem to deal particularly well with the the Charlton press. Again, uh, we've seen this for the first four matches and or five matches now and it is a crowded fixture schedule between the the League Cup, the Pizza Cup and the general compressed League one schedule. So, I think we are going to continue to see a fair amount of squad rotation. And some of that's still trying to find out who your best 11 are. And I think we got another, you know, I think we saw saw a a really good buyer's performance. We talked last week, so we didn't really get one yet after he came on. And I thought Backinson between this game and the Sunderland Cup game has looked, you know, Up for it at this level as well. So, again, I guess a good problem to have, but at some point you do have to kind of (laughs) figure out (laughs) what the lineup's going to be and how the players are going to play together. And, you know, I guess it's better to be, I guess they're eighth now in this spot instead of middle of the pack and what's been a fairly challenging opening stretch of matches. If you can say that about. Any teams in League One. I thought Charlton were pretty good, in all honesty. Um, they, again, like even the good teams in this league don't really offer a ton of finishing ability in the final third. So Wednesday did or were able to ride their luck a little bit. But yeah, um, I watched the game on sitting on my floor here in the same exact spot <laughs> and I remember none of it, really. I remember the Backinson goal. Um, I do remember. Windass playing much better in sort of the advanced midfield role than Bannon did. And I think Bannon, we're going to talk a fair bit about Barry Bannon in this podcast. But, yeah, three points. You would take uh, one of these every week or two of these every week. They only got one of them this week, though, Justin.
1: Yeah, no, Jeff, you just raised some some great points. Uh, I I would love to have a setup by where we can sort of run courses for courses because we've got so much depth. I, I wonder sometimes if I fully trust our, you know, coaching staff to be able to do that. But uh, it, it was obvious that midfield mix of Volks, Baz and uh, Fizz just was not working. And, and I know some of that was Charlton's pressing, but Fizz was invisible after being, you know, maybe the best player on the team for the first couple he was uh, very isolated weeks. Yeah. yeah. Baz couldn't do anything. Um, you know, I, I thought Patterson was, was pretty useless. Uh, uh, Johnson didn't do much. Hunt was, was not very good. Um, you know, it was a strange game. They, they pressed us and we couldn't handle it and we pressed them and they passed right around us. Um, and, and the other thing I really noticed, and, and I'm with you, Jeff, my notes for this game were not extensive. <laughs> there was not a lot to say. But one thing I noticed that they really hurt us on was that their uh, their wings uh, went extremely wide, like on the touchline, chalk on the boots wide. And that really stretched us open. And I believe you were on the socials uh, oh, yeah. and you kept mentioning, you know, they're attacking through the channels. And that really came out of their ability to get wide and either behind or completely stretch out our, uh, our wing backs and, and really kind of open things up. We just really couldn't get anything done. do. I mean, Sean Claire was dominating fizz, uh, for, for periods of time. And that's just, you know, that's not, uh, that's not what we want to see, but, um, those subs, man, the 60th minute, um, you know they made the the big uh, three subs. Might have been a couple minutes after that, but uh, Gregory in for Patterson, Byers in for Volks, and uh, Backson in for Fizz. Uh, really helpful, and then getting uh, Baz out of there uh, when he was having an off day, and, and as you said, putting Windass in at the ten and paid immediate dividends. Yeah. Um, and and you know it gave uh, gave us the ability to get that cross in, and what a what a header too. What's power I on
0: say, that. Also, just, let's talk about that move because Backinson starts the move, feeding the ball to Gregory, and then just kind of drifts. And again, he's a midfielder. He drifts in between the center backs. And then, you know, Windass is a nice job. To, it's a perfect cross. Like you or I could have finished that. But to put himself into a position where he can sort of read what's going to happen and put himself available for it, it was just a nice little bit of uh, attacking uh, prowess.
1: Yeah, we. I feel it feels like we've got a bunch of guys you can do. You know, if not, maybe that particular move. Like, I think we all agree that Fizz can attack with the ball and and get into spaces. We've seen Adenarin, mm-hmm. um be aggressive offensively. We know Buyers can can move uh, into space and, and and looks to go. Like, that's there's a lot of guys on this squad in in that midfield that can that can attack. Um, so I. I I like that. I like our depth, but you know, I, I I did feel like it took us a little little too long to adjust to what they were doing. And and not that we were lucky, but uh they uh, they came into Hillsborough and uh they set the tone yep. and they set the pace, and that's not what you want to do when you're playing at home.
0: No, and I do think we're going to see over the course of the season the squad depth such as it is is going to give them an advantage with five substitutions because they can make wholesale changes like this and still, you know, make a move like Bannon out for, uh, I guess it was for So with Windass moving into a more uh, sort of like number 10 or central attacking midfielder position. And I, I was trying to think about this at the time. Is this the first time really since... Maybe the the early Carlos era that Bannon has been subbed off due to performance rather than you know where Bannon was subbed off in an attack-minded sense versus seeing out well, the game. Sub. Well,
1: uh, that, so that that's the question, right? Was he like yeah. I I kind of think so because it sure turned into that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I was going to call it not a tactical about... sub, but it was a tactical sub.
1: It, and you know what? If it was, the Moore deserves all the credit. Yeah. Uh, m- more, more talked up about, you know, sort of the heat and kind of played that up, which sure. is fair. Which is what, um, also what
0: you do when you don't want to <laughs> knock your captain exactly. in the media after a win. Wh- yeah,
1: yeah, hundred um, percent. So, you know, I, it is what it is. I, I certainly don't remember that, but you know, I think Moore had an interview. Um, with uh, Alex Miller or the Star the next day, that I actually didn't—I just missed. I went looking for it. And I, I didn't really see it, but Miller sort of talked about the idea that you know Moore wants to make sure this is not a team that's dependent on any one player, and that you know we do take advantage of our depth, and that's that should come as really welcome sounds to to those of us that follow this team. A, because it shows that we have a lot of positive depth, but B, it shows that we're not. You know, we've got one man running the show, um, or at least, you know, the coaches are the ones in charge and the ones mm, making we'll get those decisions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the idea that, you know, everybody's on board. To, to me, that's a winning team. When everybody's putting the team ahead of themselves. Um, I, I mean, the other thing, know, too,
0: is, you know, Bannon's going to be 33 in December. I, you may want to save his legs a little bit, especially in the really crowded and yeah, I'm sure as hot as it gets in Yorkshire it probably was uh, at the weekend. So what's your I mean, whatever. We've already Yeah, I, say, I, I didn't have a word, word okay. for that. I was gonna you actually know, think use that covered to covered this yeah. game. <laughs> so. I was gonna use that to transition to Peterborough where Bannon was uh, dropped from the starting lineup entirely. I mean that's not the main takeaway from this game, obviously, but that did I think set the set the tone a little bit in a weird way.
1: Yeah, you know, I got to be honest that that was everybody. I mean, boy, Wednesday fans and Twitter and online media, something else. Yeah. I mean, when I the last time again, he
0: didn't start in a meaningful league game?
1: Where he, when was, he, was, when he was healthy? Fit, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, for for all we know, he wasn't yeah. fully fit, right? I mean, he he, said, I think
0: they said after that he had like a slight illness after the Charlton game. So fair enough.
1: Sure. Um, but you know, I, again, I wasn't thinking that negatively about it. I, I think well, that, I don't uh, think even
0: really there's, again, it was a weird game, but I thought for the first half hour, uh, and I'll just say that my word was, uh, annoying for this game. I did think for the first half hour, like it was not, again, like the Charlton game, it was not the most exciting game of football, but I thought, you know, going away to a team that was in the championship last year. I thought for the first half hour, they were clearly better. They were mostly in control of the game. They couldn't really fashion a a clear-cut chance at any point in time. But I also never found myself thinking they need Bannon to unlock this either. I thought they were just kind of, it felt like they were doing their thing that they've done for the last few games. We're going to find a goal somewhere and see it out.
1: Yeah, we were on the front foot. Um, I actually thought your call from the pod last week was pretty good. That that game was pretty open, right? It was. It was up and down, and and, and both teams were aggressive and, and positive. Um, I thought it was uh, overall. I thought it was uh, a really enjoyable point. Um, la- last sort of thing on the lineup, though, the starting lineup. I, you know, it was funny. Everybody freaked out about No Windass, and then you see him come out uh, for warm-ups, and he's got a brace on his knee. It's like, well, may- maybe it's okay to rest players, but I I'm totally fine with us sitting Barry Bannon from the start or Josh Windass, or Dennis Odenarin or anybody on this team, because we do have depth. It is a 46 game season. We're going to be in three cup competitions. Uh, The weather is insanely unseasonably warm. Uh, There's no need to not, you know, take advantage of, of what we have. And if, if the coaching staff has a game plan that says, this is a lineup for this situation. Um, and like you said, it was fine. We, I felt very comfortable right up until that red card.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I remember there was some contention on Twitter whether it was a red card or not. I remember watching it live and I saw the foul and then it was like, okay, he fouled him. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, oh, that might be a red card. <laughs> it didn't register right away, but when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that's – and like, look – he made an effort to play the ball. He was nowhere near getting the ball, and he came studs up through the guy's thigh. You forced, you the, referee, comes, yeah. you forced the referee to make a decision there. And, like, look, like, did, did, he, did he catch him super cleanly? No, but it looks bad, and it's a silly, silly challenge in that spot. You know, basically on the sideline halfway into their half like there's just no need to it was you know it was a rash challenge and you put yourself in that spot with you know as we have said for the last uh 14 months or so you know uh, league one officiating you never know what you're gonna get so
1: yeah no I I had no I gotta be honest I had no real real issue with that being called a uh being called a red card um one of our uh fans I follow on Twitter is uh Molly Shepard Bowden, uh, who, you know, she's a great fan, really knows her stuff. Um, Her, her tweet on it was, summed it up for me. He says, why has he done that? Zero threat in that area of the pitch. Gave the ref a decision to make with such a high boot. Madness. So as you just said, he made the ref, make the decision, the ref.
0: It looks like, it looks like a red card, right? It looks like that. I thought it right
1: away. I turned it to my son. I said, that's a red. And, and you know, when you see the replay and you see he missed him and, and obviously he made a, made a meal of that sure uh, yeah. riding around and he actually grabbed the wrong side. <laughs> if you watch the, the replay, but like, maybe,
0: you know, maybe he doesn't give it if the Peterborough players aren't like strenuously immediately, which they are immediately strenuously loving him. But you know, again, you put yourself in that situation where that can be the outcome is the thing of it. It's just, it's needless at that point
1: that that's a mistake and again i i didn't disagree with the with the, the argument is that maybe he doesn't need to rush to that card, right yeah. maybe he stops and he says you know what i didn't have a clear view and he didn't talk, talk he, to your, his, for, his talk back to was covered yeah. talk to the poor, whoever yeah. you know maybe Line's maybe he handles it better that, that, that way but know. again i i don't see any anybody that's screaming at the ref should honestly grab a hold of james and just say buddy what what the <laughs> fuck were you thinking right there that's and you know, then, you it was know. like that. That play Iorfa had, uh, yeah. what in the second game, where he comes in with that neck high kick out of <laughs> nowhere. You're like, just don't, just don't do that. Keep your keep your feet down. Um,
0: and then, and then you then you're playing with ten men, and it's it's always a tough ask. And I thought they played pretty well organized after that. And you're thinking, just get to the half, and then you can sort things out. But then he subs off Buyers for Iorfa.
1: Yeah, I and didn't I, love. I thought Byers was pretty
0: good after they went down to, down to ten, and he's gives you a little more steel in that midfield, and yeah, Byers didn't love that substitution either, as so we'll get to in a second. But be, uh, like, you Iorfa, know what it feels like Iorca has not been. I, I get that you know you know was out for a foreseeable future. You want to to shore up the defense, and you want to get back to five at the back I guess I don't know why you needed to do that necessarily but he's got to be the got to be the guy if you're going to five at the back there and yeah it just and it really as soon as buyers went off they started they were lucky not to concede before halftime they had all of a sudden you know Peterborough were getting clear-cut chances and there were a couple goal mount scrambles as well too so
1: Oh, I know. That's that, that that one with the ball on the line was brutal. Um, yeah, I think I didn't love the substitution. I think the idea was it was buyers or box, and at that point you're thinking box is the more sort of defensive-minded midfielder. I guess but,
0: I have not been super impressed with Bull Vox so far.
1: Yeah, I think I must be high man on him because I see everybody shitting on him. I think he's been fine. I and mean,
0: whatever, no, it's been four games. But it's five
1: games right. I mean, I just, I guess I don't understand why you don't move. If you really want to keep five at the back, um, I guess you probably move Palmer into the back line and maybe, you know, bring in somebody, maybe even push Buyers out, out to the wing. Somebody can provide a little width. Um, I didn't love the substitution, but, uh, you know, I, now I guess we want to get into it. Um, I actually feel, well, I feel pretty strongly about, you uh, you know, where the fault lies and and that's with Jamie Smith. Um, and, and I'm somebody who's, I've been teaching for 20 something years. I've been coaching, um, hockey, including some elite athletes at times, um, for, for a long time. And, and one of the things that you really get is that if you're not the one playing, if you're not the one actively participating, whether that's, Sports or honestly, even in a classroom, like trying to solve a problem or or get things done. You have to understand the emotional aspect of it. George Byers did not scream at him. No. George Byers did not show him up. George Byers gave angrily slapped his hand because he probably wasn't fucking happy that Jamie Smith was the one that made the decision to call him off. And I'm pretty sure we know that's how that works. Uh, Now, he may have muttered something under his breath. Uh, but nobody knows that's that's
0: fine you just eat it
1: and that that's exactly it that's a short of it being some you know horrible racist or homophobic uh shout by buyers there's absolutely no call for for smith i know that feeling i've been there when you want to turn around and say you know what the fuck did you just say to me who do you think you are any and all of that but you're right you just eat it you shut up you let him go you You let him settle down
0: whatever you want to raise him in the riot act in the locker room at halftime, like you can't do your butt. That's fine. But you. Oh, no,
1: cool. yeah, go in nobody and,
0: and made, you know, Nobody would have made. nobody would have made whatever. No. He would have slapped his hand away. We're like, all right, fine. They, obviously buyers is pissed to be coming off. Fair enough. You know, on some level you want your guys to be a little annoyed when they're subbed off in that spot. It's a tough spot. You know, you got to make decisions when you go down 10 men on the road there, but yeah, to absolutely immediately like chest up to him. Like
1: that was bad.
0: It's bad. It's a bad look. Right. And it, you know, it becomes a talking point. It escalates. He got a yellow card for it, which is pretty funny, but, which is
1: very funny. <laughs>
0: but yeah, there's just no need to, to escalate. That's it. It's like, it's, it's a, it should be a non-story, right? Yeah. Byers is pissed. He's getting subbed off. The game's not going well. You know, he wants to play. He wants to be in there. He wants to try to either hold the line or, or fashion something for them, even down 10 men. And like, honestly like as the assistant coach of a league one team you kind of never want to be the story right
1: Uh, no no that's yeah i just boy and you know i we i don't know that we'll get follow-up on it i i assume that i'm sure whatever it's like
0: it's a a non i'm sure it's whatever it's too you know it it was a a coach and an athlete that both want to win and tempers flared and like whatever this happens it's not a, it's not a big deal right if it hadn't been caught by the cameras and everything else that, it, that ensued probably from not. it but yeah it's again I'm sure it's this probably already this isn't
1: Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson no, it's probably probably on already, national television
0: it's probably already a non-issue in there but
1: I hope so I, but I, I really do hope that right? I, I think it could be a big moment only in the sense that if, if more and, and maybe Smith himself more importantly doesn't recognize that the error you know the fault lies with him to at least some degree if not a large degree um you know i I hope he's kind of willing to to say to to buyers hey i fucked up i'm sorry about that you know let's you know let's let's clear the air a little bit because that that you know that is that can be the type of thing that can linger with a team um i don't think it will uh, partially because, or mostly because of the Darren Moore and, and what he's creating, and, and how overall things seem to be, but you know that that was not that did not bode well. Um, although I will say, I thought they actually had a very good start to the second half. They yeah.
0: did. No, for the first ten minutes or so, they certainly looked more likely to score. Um, uh, that immediately stops as soon as any team puts in a cross from a wide area against Sheffield Wednesday.
1: However. Uh, But, Jeff, it's not, you know, and everybody's pointing this out now. Last pod I was on, I believe two weeks ago, we talked about it. I I made a point to mention it. It's the exact same thing. All the crosses are coming from the left side, Mm -hmm. and they're going to the middle or the far post. Now, last game that we gave up three, uh, Iorfa was at fault for two of those. Uh, This week he was at fault for one of them, Uh, although you can always, again, argue that Marvin Johnson needed to Step out and, and force the play.
0: Yeah, it was a, a weird bar. situation. He had acres of space to run into to basically just Too much. pop across in. Yeah. you got least... Well, and then
1: the first one, you know, Liam Palmer slips. Which well, that's not, well, it, that's that's no not
0: really even Liam Palmer's man. Hennigan got caught ball no, watching. I, Hennigan, yeah.
1: Hennigan, didn't, Hennigan couldn't even get off the ground. That was for, for the big. For the big center back you have yeah. in there to head the ball away. It, it is funny and that the they're actually
0: uh, they're actually much better this year on like crosses or uh, corner kicks and set pieces into the box. But when it's from open play, especially on like counterattacks, and like look, when you have wing backs that like to press forward and don't defend particularly well, you're going to invite these kind of counterattacks and these kind of crosses and you're Three center backs have to be able to either whether it's man marking or zonal marking cover their areas and cut these out.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much this has to do with. Uh, I, I think that uh, Higway's been fine. Yeah. Like I think he's he's done well, but he's still been the left center back mm. during all five of those crosses. Now was I'm he not still saying the, that that's, still, I guess is, he was
0: in the game for the second one. He, he got off so. After, yeah.
1: Because he got well, he got switched over. He moved over to the left when they made the Iorfa substitution. Right, right. So Iorfa came in and played the right, Henning and stayed in the middle. Higway went to the left. So that's five crosses where Higway was, you know, the left-sided guy. And I'm not even saying that's him, but clearly there's communication issues and things that need to be worked out. But as multiple people pointed out to me on Twitter, and it's true, uh, you know, they we've been getting. Burned on crosses down the left side for what seems like uh, going back to you know I, I I don't even know going back to Carlos.
0: Yeah, I mean again, it's it is uh, it is what it is. Again, it's one of those games where I said annoying specifically because you can kind of take what you want from it. You can be like, okay, they went down to ten men against uh a team with promotion aspirations on the road—like it's, it's these, these these kind of things are going to happen. Uh, you just chalk it up to you know the vagaries of the forty-six game season. You're going to have you know, games like this where you get a man sent off, or it's a bad day at the office, and that's just just the way it is. You can also look at this game as being annoying and like, oh, they easily in normal circumstances could have seen it out and they had that boring one nothing win or you know if they'd gotten a a goal early in the second half there's a a penalty shout that i think was reasonable i think the problem was uh, was it was it hennigan was going for the ball i think um
1: yes well he no he there was somebody got taken down in the middle there was a little borderline and then patterson had a comical dive
0: well, right, because so there was like the first bit of contact that clearly wasn't a penalty that he made a little bit of a meal out of and then got taken out at the same time by the second guy. Yeah. So I think the ref had already decided he wasn't going to give it. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those games where it's, you know, it's much like you look back at the kind of shitty Charlton win and say, oh, well, those three points might be very important at the end of the season. You look at a game like this, and I mean, like, well, that, not getting those Three points or even one point might be important at the end of the season, but we're also only four games into the season. So,
1: and you know, when you when you map out the season, you know, you don't you don't expect three points on the road at you know top eight competition. No, you I, know, said,
0: we, I said on the podcast we last gonna week I would have games. taken one. So,
1: yeah, yeah and, and we were good for one, if not yeah. three. If you know, Reese James doesn't get a blood rush to his head and and again you know i, I think more should kind of be or smith whoever's doing it should kind of be criticized uh, for the substitutions because you know whether or not the buyers want worked out um, we put ourselves in a weird position where we used three one player substitutions so even though we had two additional spots we could have brought people in mm-hmm. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to because you can only make three substitutions. You can just use up to five players. Uh, so as much as he did such a great job a- against Charleston, I don't, think it Charleston. I,
0: I don't know the rules super well. It doesn't count if you do it at the half either, right? That does not count as one of your one.
1: No, it it does. It counts, um, okay. You're you're allowed you're think allowed they should, three, I still think they three substitutions, for the half, but yeah. <laughs> i do too um especially because it's strange that you seemingly leave volks in because he's the superior defensive player mm-hmm. but then you bring i in who i strengths are not the defensive side yes, of the game as, it, as we've seen this year defender, so, so it's a little like yeah even that it just no, I know. It, you know what uh, jeff it was and, and i think you agreed i i think maybe now with a couple of days gone more of our fans can agree it was one of 46 it was unfortunate um uh, it was some points thrown away but you know we'll get right back at them
0: yes yeah, so let's never speak of it again <laughs> we <laughs> will i mean at least i guess until we play peterborough on the return fixture for now though we'll take a break when we come back we will preview the upcoming matches Now it's time for some Wednesday news. There is no Wednesday news. I checked. I looked. Um, yeah. Nothing. I double
1: checked. <laughs>
0: there's, there's, uh, not, there's well, nothing
1: there's Let's note there's a new feature called my first Wednesday match. I did see that. It's yeah. a very, very cute picture of, I believe, Aussie owl. Um, and then also note that fit fans is back <laughs> yeah. for a September start, which is good.
0: And they've also and opened the, the fan zone. I think was also on the, on the club page in the last week.
1: Officially. Oh, very good. I, I needed to view more because all I have is ticket update, ticket details, ticket details, ticket details. That's, That's the fine. news if on the website. If there's one so. thing
0: we know from being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, sometimes no news is good news because there's no injury news either.
1: This is true. This is very true. Uh, I wouldn't mind some news on Michael Smith. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's hard because we we're we're four games in. I still... Do not change my preseason no, yes, yes. thoughts of him being a twenty goal scorer.
0: I will but... point out they have not uh they have that no striker has scored from open play in the league yet.
1: No. <laughs> Which no.
0: Again, seven points from four, so it's not like it's dire, but yeah. It would be nice to see at least like Gregory get off the score sheet. I thought Gregory actually had a pretty good game. Oh, no.
1: Gregory had a great game and he he had a bit of shithousery on yeah. a corner kick that like I was in tears. He just he kept standing in front of the goalie and the goalie would shove him away into the defender who would turn around and Gregory would then kind of push the defender and then back right into the goalie and it just it repeated for a good fifteen seconds of him just just getting in the way. Um yeah, I love me some Lee Gregory. Uh and, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie, I had forgotten the song. Mm-hmm. Um it's a good and song. when I saw him in the starting when I saw him in the starting lineup uh Tuesday, I definitely uh spent a good forty five minutes wandering the house humming that tune.
0: So he still feels like he's good for thirteen goals or something like that this year, probably.
1: I wouldn't be surprised for more, man. I wouldn't be surprised for more once he gets on track.
0: Well perhaps he will get off the mark this weekend against Bolton. Take it away, Justin.
1: So uh, Bolton, um, Bolton's off to a, a really good start. They're in fourth place right now. They've got two wins and two draws. Uh, they won their two games at home uh, with a uh, plus four goal difference, four goals, none against. And uh, that's factor because we are traveling to the University of Bolton Stadium that was originally opened as the Reebok Stadium and then became the Macron stadium. Um, we covered this last year, but they were originally uh, Christchurch football uh, started in 1874 became Bold Wanderers a couple years later. Uh, Bolton has four FA Cups, a couple trips to Europe under Sam Allardyce and old friend Gary Megson. Uh, one of the things Bolton is probably most known for is uh, they have the record for the most years in the top flight without winning a title, and I don't think that that's going to change anytime <laughs> soon um they also had in 2019 they got in like many clubs got into a bunch of financial trouble um but managed to get through um so a uh, rehash from last year for people who don't remember uh, once again we've run into young um exciting upcoming management uh, ian evett uh got his made his name at non-league barrow um, to the point where they were known as a Barrow Salona. Um, uh, he uses three at the back, uh, 3 three-four-one-two, essentially, with a number 10 uh, behind two strikers. And it's all the stuff that we like to see, the possession, the, the quick passes play out from the back. Um, they do a good job of pressing or not pressing, depending on the circumstances and the teams. I would guess that we will be pressed, having watched the success that both Charlton and... <laughs> Uh, Peterborough had with that um, and with the ball they like to get the ball outside and uh, bring it back in um, You know this is a good team this is a team that is probably looking like it's you know in that same boat as Charlton as Peterborough as us as Ipswich there's there's some teams that are going to be battling this year um, they're one of them they they're, they're only real major change um, that they got was they have uh a kid named Connor Bradley is a right wing back on loan from Liverpool. He's a right back for Liverpool system. But when you're playing three at the back, they push him up and he has been uh, their best player this year. Uh, from what I read, uh, Bolton fans are kind of over the moon about his performance. He's, he's got a goal and an assist in the league and a spectacular goal in a, uh, stomping they put on Salford City in the uh, League Cup uh, so he's one to watch and they, they also got uh, Jack Iredale from uh, Cambridge as the left wing back so we'll see a lot of them otherwise um, their captain is Rico Santos he's their center back he's Bolton fans consider him the best center back in the league you know whatever that's worth it's some. he's he's a big challenge and he's a lot of the way that they like to play out of the back as well. Um, their, their big uh, other big keep is uh, their goaltender, James Trafford. He's only 19. He's a city player. He was on loan there last year. He's back again. He's in England under 21 international. They love him. And then they've got uh, some really good attacking talent up front. They've got a bunch of guys. Uh, Dapo Afalayan, uh was their leading scorer last year. And then uh, a few other guys: Dion Charles, uh, Bakayoko, and then Jan Bodvarsson. Uh, all of them will rotate through, and all of them will score goals. They also have Elias Kachunga up front. Um, yes, exactly. Um, the midfield three so far as here has been Aaron Morley, Kylie Dempson, or I'm sorry, Kylie Kyle Dempsey, and uh, old friend Kieran Lee who's been playing in that number 10 role Been there a couple of years when they've asked it. Um, Yeah. And he's doing what Kieran Lee does. So, you know, I think this is going to be, this is going to be a challenge, especially on the road. I wouldn't mind seeing, I'm not saying sit Bannon by any means, uh, maybe get him in. But I, I think the idea going to Peterborough was that we would, you know, maybe kind of sit back and, stout defensively and you know keep that game scoreless till around the 60th when we can make some substitutions and you saw what our bench looked like
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with bannon and Windess and fizz and so and a um all as options I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that be um the same choice again so i i would expect um uh, I would kind of expect Backinson to get a start again, and probably Vokes and Bannon. Um, although, you know, maybe Byers would actually be a little bit better for that. But um, you know, we'll, we'll sort of see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a challenge. In all honesty, when you look at the forty-six games, this is one of those games where you you take a point.
0: Another team that is battling in a different way: Rochdale in the Elite Cup.
1: Yeah, so I, I was joking with you before, but man, they're 92nd in the English Football League. <laughs> they're in dead last place. They are zero wins, zero draws, four losses, one goal, four, five against. Um, they're on the road, which they are coming to Hillsborough for this match. They have two losses and no goals, two against. So, um you know, not in good form, um, at all. Although they did beat, uh, Burton Albion in Mm. the last round of the EFL cup, which was filled with upsets, which again, whether or not you think Wednesday over Sunderland was that big of an upset. You know, that was, so, um, we'll see how they do. The last time we played them, some people may remember Jeff, I'm going to ask for a little help here. I'm not sure if I'm right. Um, Beat them two to nothing at their house in the League Cup um, in two thousand September two thousand twenty. Was that the game where the announcers were talking about the traffic that you could see behind the stadium? Or was that a different shitty no, League Two that team the, that, that we was, played?
0: This one was. I think was. I think I only listened to this one on the radio. The
1: Rochdale one.
0: Yeah, I remember listening it to on on iFollow. I was doing stuff in my house. I think they scored two late goals and Kachunga was one of them. If I recall correctly.
1: That sounds right. Maybe like Um, Patterson and Kachunga
0: in the last like 15 minutes or something.
1: I think that, uh, I think that the traffic game was one of our pizza cup games from last year. That might be right. So maybe Harrogate or somebody like that. Anyway. Uh, so Rochdale has a, uh, brand new coach. Um, Robbie Stockdale uh again a young uh coach he was I don't remember him but he was a uh, right back at middleborough played in the Premier League and actually had six games on loan at Wednesday in hmm. 2000 um this is his first head coaching job he's been an associate coach at a couple spots and apparently he was uh Stuck to Sam Allardyce's side at a couple jobs. It ended with Allardyce getting canned and him taking over as caretaker manager. Um, the the one things that we do know um, about them is that he's going to play three at the back and they're going to try to keep possession. But so far, that is not working for them. I mean, again, they are ninety second in the English football league out of ninety two teams. Uh, from looking through their squad, they have a. Right midfielder, maybe a right wing back, depending on how they play. Named uh, Femi Sariki. He may not be terrible. And uh, their goalkeeper is Richard O'Donnell, who uh, played for Rotherham, uh for a brief spell uh, about five years ago. And that's it, man. There's there's nothing else to to worry about. Rochdale, like this, this is a shitty League Two team in our house, like we will rotate the fuck out of this squad and we should still take them out without too much stress. And, you know, the nice thing about that is after this, now we at least get into the rounds of the cup that may give us an interesting game, may give us some good gate receipts, may give us a chance to do what we did five, six years ago in Carlos's first year when we upset Arsenal. Um, You know, I know you guys were talking last week on the pod about, you know, the uselessness of a cup run, especially when you're going for promotion. But to me, the beauty of the League Cup, especially starting so early, is you can have that early season tone setter that shows you how capable you are. So if we can get through Rochdale and draw, uh, you know, upper championship team, uh, uh, a big squad or Mm -hmm. maybe even a Premier League team, and, you know, frankly, I – I don't think we're incapable of beating, you know. Let's say Leicester puts their B team out against us; like we can beat them on a on a given night.
0: You say that uh, to be like so Burnmouth think- away, probably.
1: <laughs> well, of course, right? Of course, that's. Uh, but you know, yeah, it'll be. Can can we draw Sunderland again? Because I'm sure we would if we could. But yeah. um, it, it could be that we'll get Plymouth again. I'm sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I like the idea. I like the idea of an early season cup run. I, I know that things are busy and the pizza cup's going to be coming up soon. But fuck, man, we're set up for it as we can be. We've got depth. Um, I'd like to see us uh, smash Rochdale and, and be ready to go in the next round of the cup. But I know that that's not uh, maybe the most popular view amongst the fandom.
0: Well, we are ready to go here because you've been listening to episode 184 of the Owls Cast. You can find us on the internet at com. email the show at owlsamericas at com. find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend of the Makers. The podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts and wherever you get the Owls Cast. We ask you rate and review. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at new england owl justin uh based on your background have you recently buried an arch rival in the floorboards behind there after luring him down there with the promise of a casco amontillado
1: jeff i'm sorry my basement isn't <laughs> finished but <laughs> i have not murdered nor buried any bodies uh as far as any of you are concerned
0: i'm on twitter at jeff Paternostro, and before justin incriminates himself we'll just see you back here next week yeah. Uh...